You're listening to Mad from Monroe on Big Blocks Garage. Hey everybody, we're back with another episode of the Mad Pro Monroe podcast. This is part two with Bob and Dave. Hey guys, it's Big Block. And this is Fro. And I had something funny, but now I can't remember what it was. Hold on. It was, it was something funny. about Tiger King, it was, I believe you. It was nothing. Oh my bad. Like, that, you guys don't know what, what goes into, into doing these podcasts, but there's literally a half hour, 45 minutes of way funnier that we just don't record. Because it probably wouldn't be allowed to be distributed. Because, well, hold on. Let me put this out there. And if they would guys, shut us down. If you guys want to hear the outtakes, send me a message, send Fro a message, send Chris a message, get hold of somebody. And if you want to hear the outtakes, we'll start just recording through. I was going to say, hey, you said you weren't recording during that conversation. <laughs> there was nothing recording then. That really sounds bad. You said minute. we weren't Wait, recording. You said. <laughs> this, this is off the record. This is totally off the record. Click. And it was at that moment that the train derailed. So what we're wanting to do, that we're in the, the second half of, of this show, this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Things have gotten out of hand. I'm not even going to lie to you. What I want to do right now is I, I, I want to get into some of the, the history uh, that these guys have before we went. Dave, we wanted to kind of get into you. You've been you've been working on on some of these two buggies and stuff like that for a long time. Yeah, I have. Um, of course, I've always been huge into off road and four wheel drives. Ever since I was little, my dad always had a four wheel drive. They were just cool, big jacked up trucks. What kid doesn't like trucks? Monster trucks. You guys can relate. I've heard talk about your monster trucks. So, in the, I guess it was the mid nineties. I became friends with a gentleman in South Fayetteville. His name is Sonny Honiger. Uh, he's originally from Switzerland. He holds two or three degrees in engineering. Probably one of the smartest men I've ever met and just an amazing craftsman. Uh, fabricator. I learned a tremendous amount in the, the time that I worked for Sonny in Fayetteville at Recovery Engineering. Um, we actually, it was a four-wheel drive shop, but we specialized in moving large objects. And one of the trucks we had was, a, I know I'm going to mess this up, but it was a 60, 62 Mac 10-ton 6x6. And I do not remember the military designation, but it had a crane on it. And that truck is what really started my love of off-road and four-wheel drives. And while I was working there, we built a lot of custom vehicles. And Sonny is actually the first person to ever build a coil spring suspension for a Jeep. Uh, the first Jeep we ever did was actually uh, an older flat fender that he had. Uh, it's known in the, the industry as the Rock Spider. If you go back into the, the 90s and start looking through Peterson's Off-Road and Four-Wheeler Magazine, you'll find articles on both of his vehicles, the Rock Spider and the, the big Dodge Ram Charger. Now, um, when he says flat fender, this is a pre-53 Jeep. Yes. Okay. Yes, it's a, an old military Jeep. It was actually a military Jeep that he acquired, and we put a small <laughs> Vortec V6 in it, a little Chevy 4.3 V6. It had a MV4500 transmission, a Dana 300 transfer case, some custom axles, and it was on 35s. And back then, you didn't run 
you know, much over a 35 or a 36 on your tire size. They just, they didn't make them. And the ones they did make were more for mudding and, you know, the, the groundhogs and the monster mudders and stuff. So we started building a Jeep for a customer. And in the process, it just kept going and kept going. And finally, he decided, you know, I, I want to build a purpose-built off-road vehicle, which changed the rock crawling world as we know it today. We built the very first tube chassis, all purpose built from scratch, rock crawler. And it had, to this date, no one has ever really duplicated or come close to the suspension. It was all airbag suspension. And somebody coined the phrase forced articulation. It really wasn't, it used a dual ladder bar setup. So when one wheel went down, the opposite wheel in the rear went up. So it worked on a, a pivot, basically. Okay. Uh, there's there's a lot of articles and stories about the Scorpion, and uh, if you are into that stuff, Google Scorpion MK one, two, and three. I believe the MK four was the diesel version, um, which has a little four BT Cummins in it. Uh, we built the first three prototypes in that shop in Fayetteville in the mid '90s, and it took the world by storm. Uh, it was the precursor to what nowadays you would call, you know, uh, a tube buggy or an off-road buggy, uh, rock bouncers, uh, the off-road industry and four-wheel drive. You know, you see a lot of dune buggies that have similar stuff, but they're only rear-wheel drive. We decided to go a step further and with Sonny's design and miles and miles of welding wire, we built this first tube chassis buggy and they literally backed it out of the shop put it on a trailer, drove to Moab, Utah for Jeep Safari weekend and tested the rig. There was no body panels on it. It was just a skeleton. And that's how I basically got started into rock crawling. And from there, it, I don't know if you could say it went uphill or downhill. Got good. It came to a hill. It did. It always comes to a hill or a creek bed. So that's, that's kind of my back history in it. I've worked on dozens of projects we've built all kinds of different vehicles, rear steer stuff, uh, a lot of tube chassis stuff. I worked in uh, dirt track for a little while for White Lightning Racing in Fayetteville, Jimmy White. Um, so, see that I'm kind of some history there. I'm, I'm glad you brought up brought up Easter Jeeps far in, in in Moab. This brings up another another point that, that a lot of people don't understand. You're having to build your rig based on where you're taking it, just as much as you're 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 trying to figure out. Oh, absolutely. You're you're building you're building off of your tires. You're you're, you're getting everything laid out. But yeah. when you when you get to Moab, that's a whole different surface. Whole different world. Different because what works in the Ozarks or our neck of the woods doesn't necessarily work as well as what they're doing there because the terrain's different. Uh, I think they. I've heard them call, talk about driving on sandpaper. Yep. Uh, similar to Disney. You guys have been to Disney. You've talked about Disney on here. The the rock and the, what kind of rock it is, it's very rough. Very rough. And it will shred your tires if you're not careful. We call it micro-siping. So it makes more traction. Um, but the, the type of terrain and the ground that they use over, or that they have in Moab is way different than what we have. It's a lot of really steep angles, but your traction is unbelievable. 
You can take street tires and drive on some of this stuff. And that, that's why you'll see certain obstacles like uh, Lion's Back's out there, isn't it? Lion's Back it was was. I mean, it's obviously still there, but to my knowledge, closed off. They you can walk up it, but it's a really really tall narrow hill, and when you get to the top, you've got about a twenty foot circle to turn around in and come back down the hill. So it's like a thirty point turn, <laughs> and you're One literally K five ruined it for everybody. Yeah, they're, they <laughs> look it up. There's there's video of it. The K five comes down and loses its brakes, and it's it's horrible. It's scary. Yeah, it was bad. And, and that that's another one of those things. Lion's back is is the exact opposite of, of what we were talking about with Little Blue. Little Blue, you have to straddle each side of a crack. And Technical. The the center section of your axle is literally sitting about four feet, five feet, six feet off the ground mm-hmm. at yeah. certain points. When you're when you're going up Lion's back. You're actually straddling a peak. Yes, a so, ridge. So there, there's there's certain things that you you've got to engineer into it, and that's we we talked a little bit about portal boxes and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't know that we've talked about portal boxes on the podcast. <coughs> no, but we, we haven't. Had some <laughs> so we should probably explain a portal box. That's. Most Good luck the, with that. Most of the hummers have that, right? <laughs> yes. Right. Yep. So your CV axle enters original, original hummers. H one. Real H one. Yes. Real hummers, not military. Not, well, even the civilian, but yep, not H1. the crap that's running around in Bentonville. <laughs> um, real hummers. The CV axle enters at one position, and then gears basically transfer the power down to another position which is the center line it's the center line of 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 the tire of the wheel so the center line of the wheel is what eight inches it's about about six and a half six yeah i was gonna say six okay so the the center line of the wheel is about six inches lower than the center line of the of the axle right so it's Cheating ground clearance, basically. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, ground clearance plus gear reduction. Plus gear reduction. Yeah. Right, because they run like a, and I, I don't know, I'm going to get murdered on this. Yeah. Um, you can correct me in the comments, but I won't read them anyway. So, um, I think it's like 307s in the gear ratio and then another two in the gear reduction, something like that. See, but, Maybe not even that much. And that's the only way to gain ground clearance, with the exception of just bigger tires. Right. Yeah. But the gear well, reduction also reduces stress off your ring and pinion. Yeah. So it makes it... Makes it so you can run CV axles instead of a solid axle. Right. And they're stronger. Yeah. Because the, the stress is taken off. It's all on the gear reduction. Yeah. Well, but, but they're, it, they're also an independent front suspension. Yes. They're not a straight axle. But yeah, and they're independent the rear, back. too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Getting into that is, is is kind of what we're talking about with you, you have to kind of build your rig for where you're going, for what you plan to do with it, what you intend to do with it. On, on portal boxes, they might be perfect for going over something like Lions Back, giving you that little extra ground clearance so you're not dragging going up the hill or coming down the hill or, or however it is you attack that particular goal. Um, what are some of the things that, that you guys have noticed about wheeling in this area. I know there's there's a lot of people who'll come straight out and say, well, wheelbase is king around here. Oh, man. There's not a perfect rig. That, okay. Golly. There, that there, is, there is no such thing as a perfect <laughs> rig, in my opinion. 
because what's perfect for what I do, yep. the wheelbase is wrong for Bob. Yeah. Or the the center of gravity is off, or my suspension is completely different than anybody else's suspension. I run a one link suspension, uh, so basically they're in the middle of the chassis, between the transmission and transfer case. There is a a cross member that is beefed up, reinforced, and it has a socket on each side. So basically, there's a, a big pivot ball that actually is a pivot ball off of a 60-something D6 Caterpillar dozer blade. So it's a beefed-up version of trailer ball suspension. But it doesn't work like a trailer ball suspension because think of it more as a ball joint type setup, okay? It's a ball and socket, but it's a not really... Because I've seen people use trailer hitches underneath right. and a trailer ball and put their A-arms on that and attach to the front end. Works fine until you hit something from underneath and it pops the hitch off the ball. This is a more of a ball and socket. Uh, then it runs down, hits the the axle itself, and then there's a diagonal link, or for your old school guys, a panhard bar that centers or track bar that centers the axle. And then I have coil springs, coilover shocks in the front, and then just regular coil shocks uh, on the rear with just regular shocks on it, just long travel shocks. And then Bob, you're running a four link. Uh, I'm running a triangle, triangulated four link in the rear, and a four link up front with a panhard bar. Yeah. And a set of big nasty coilovers. Yeah, eighteen inch coilovers yeah. all the way around. I'm running fourteen inch, sixteen inch in the front, and then my coils are actually uh, JR uh, Cherokee coil springs, six inch lift Cherokee front coils in the rear. But there again, the spring buckets, I built everything so I placed them where I wanted in order to get my, and when you talk about ground clearance, I can take one tire and set it <clears throat> on top of a 55 gallon drum or possibly a little taller than that. And the other three tires are still on the ground. Right. I can dig it. And that's where, <clears throat> Wheelbase comes into play. Yep. The longer the wheelbase, the lower your breakover. And a breakover is when you you know, you top an obstacle and your your belly pan is hitting the rock. So short wheelbase helps in that, but longer wheelbase helps you on hill climbs. Yeah. So I'm, what's your I mean, wheelbase, Bob? I'm running like one fourteen. See and I'm one eighteen and a half on my wheelbase. Mine's a little mine's a little short. Yeah. And just to give you a basic idea as to how long that is, uh, your, your basic uh, YJ, your, your square headlight Wranglers, is, is like 110. Yeah. On wheelbase. So, probably. I don't know. I know the CJs were pretty short. I don't know where the YJs well, the, 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 the fives are really short. The really short. The fives were notorious for flipping over. Right. They turn over real easy because they're high center of gravity. So, so why, did you, why did you pick a, a, a Toyota? Uh, so when I was in high school, I worked at a auto parts store and, um, I worked at a little speed shop from three to 11 and, uh, there was a guy that came in that had a FJ 40 with a 350 in it immediately fell in love with it. Coolest thing you ever seen. Damn right. I mean, just amazing. And I've always wanted a FJ 40. And so I was in the middle of building a project. It went from a geo tractor 
to a Chevy crew cab. Oh, the crew cab. The crew cab project. It was like a 160-inch wheelbase. Oh, my God. It was stupid. So, uh, but it was cool. Dual oh, yeah. transmissions was kind of cool. Um, and then a buddy of mine uh, called me and said, hey, I'm selling my FJ. And I immediately went to the bank, got the money, and trailered it. Or actually, flat-toed it here. It was that close. It was like three blocks away. And um, some buddies of ours, Joe and him, had started on it and started some of the cage work and the body mods and comp cut and all that. And I, I was like, yes, perfect. And I ripped everything that they did out of it because <laughs> it, it was a one ton leaf sprung uh rig and uh i had a set of rockwells so i immediately sold the one tons that were under it and four linked and rockwelled it and and how threw. long did this process take you bob a hundred years yeah i believe when i started mine it started out as like i said a 63 scout and we started stripping it down and it was going to be just you know something fun to go play in the woods 33s you know whatever and a buddy of mine called and said hey i'm selling my tubing bender you want it and at that point the body got taken off the frame was left and we started building a buggy and it went from 33s to 44 inch tires just like that well so when i started mine my kids were in junior high and i needed a four four door or at least a five seater four seater kind of rig and by the time I finished it, all the kids had graduated and moved out of the house. So, yeah, it, it, it took about two and a half years from pulling the truck in, starting to work on it, to when we pulled it out with no differential covers and the steering was backwards. It's hydraulic steering. Uh, the steering was backwards. There was uh, just enough transmission fluid and oil to make it run, and we pulled it out and drove it around the yard and pulled it back in. And it was a little over two and a half it, years. It's hard like like your duster matt yeah it it's gonna be you're gonna drive it oh, yeah. you're gonna drive it to work you're gonna take your kids in it you're gonna go to dinner with your wife in it and a rock crawler i mean it's gonna be in your garage you're gonna throw it on a trailer and you're gonna take it to the trail it's hard to justify the time and the money that's what that's what you in, say in something that well now mine's street legal well uh, okay Right. Legal, technically, <laughs> so, mine is too. So that's what you say. You say that you're that there's not a real, there's not a lot of practical use. My son's ten. He's ridden in your crawler two, three, four times. Yeah. And I'm gonna tell you, he's not a car guy. He never has been. But there's, he talks about the time. He will be. You say that he will be. He'll he, come he might be. But at this point, he's ten years old. He's not a car guy. There's only a couple things that he talks about, and it's it's the first time that we went 120 in the Challenger, and then there's the time that he got to ride with Bob down First Avenue, and dog walked it. Did that? We, we caught crabbing. It was it was an accident. No. <laughs> he thinks that's the coolest thing in the world because Bob threw it sideways and walked all the way down first. Right. Yeah. It, well, it and it was a cruise night, and he got to jump in it, and he got to ride in it. That made an impact. I hope for the positive. No, he thinks that that's the coolest thing in the world. It's big, it's loud, it's crazy. You had the big tires on it. Yeah, had the 49s time. on it had then, the yeah. 49, the 49s on it at that time. He jumped in it. 
he rode in it. I got to stay and talk to my challenger buddies, and he he got to ride in that. And that's a memory that's not going to leave him. So it's not like that's something that's just that's not for nothing. That's a big deal. It's not, but man, is it hard? It's a crap load of work, dude. I remember when you. I remember seeing this thing laid out in here, and I I remember giving you crap for ever. About, oh, like, you! you I, I gave him crap too. Oh, every every time I'd call him and talk to him, he'd be like, "Hey, you going? What are you doing? I'm going wheeling. What are you doing? Working on my rock working roller. on the crawler." <laughs> every time I came in here, I was like, "Jesus, man, this thing is still in here. Are you kidding me?" Hey, right. for for three years, yeah. he would come to Rocktoberfest, and most of the time, I didn't have anybody with me, so we ran together. <laughs> well, and and why did I stop running with you? Because we blew a motor up every time. I thought it was me. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I'm going to do you That's a, a favor. Story. That last one, that was a funny story. I'm going to do you a favor. Phone. I'm going to quit riding with you because every time we went out, he'd be like, you hear that? And I'm like, God, dude, it's fine. Don't it's worry fine. about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I guess, so hold on. I got the wife coming down tomorrow night. I'll just have her bring some 2050. We'll be all right. Yeah. Bob, Bob's helped me quite a bit with my uh, motor changes and, you know, tuning some stuff and helping me out when my, my left hand was messed up and helped me put some cage on it so we could take it to Rocktoberfest and drive around one afternoon and see some people that we don't ever get to see except on these big events. So, And that, that's kind of the, the fun thing about the whole four-wheeling thing. You, anybody who's been down to Disney and they talk to somebody who's been to Disney before, that you know you can you can sit there and you can you can talk about hanging out at Hogan's. You can talk about running down the riverbed. You you can talk about trying out a little blue or, or running some of the the trails that are back in the back. It, it goes right back to what we've been talking about all along about how this is all tied together and how this is all linked. And it's funny that we ended that last episode finding out how linked all of this really was. Oh yeah, yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Sitting here for over an hour, like, man, I know this guy. It's, it's kind of ironic because you're sitting there telling this story about picking up this this white Ram pickup, and I'm thinking to myself, man, that sounds like something I'd do. <laughs> and the whole time when we finally figured it out, you had literally came to my house with your dad yeah. and picked up the truck you're talking about out of my front yard. I aired that tire up and said, well, there's your ditch. Go cross through it. You don't even know how many times I've told that story. But like, yeah, I don't ever check anything. I just put gas to it. And if the tires aired up, away we go. And I think literally we put air in the tire, jump started it, and there was no dash in that truck either, was there? Uh, yes and no. There was a little bit, but it, I think dodge, so not really. What are the, the, the no? The, the top, top was there. <laughs> the gauges and everything else was all on the floorboard. It, yeah, all that was in the floorboard. I got that all put back in. I sadly don't have the truck anymore, and I regret that. But um, but no, I got the gauges put back in. Got those all working. And I actually picked the truck up in intention to turn it into a mudder, not a crawler. I remember that. Yeah, he's gonna make a mud truck out of it, and I just shook my head. <laughs> I never ended up doing that. I actually Poor started, truck. I actually started to restore it. Yeah. But then I took on uh, my wife's '63 C10. It had a 318 in it, didn't it? It had a 360. It had a 360 in mm-hmm. it with 727. Yep. yep. With Dana 60 rear end and Dana 44 front. Yep. She was a yep. beast. I got one of those. <laughs> So, so let's let's go ahead. We, we've kind of gotten into some of the history. We've kind of talked about you know building for building for what you're you're going after. 
let's go ahead and talk about talk about Johnson Valley here. Okay. So so you're going to King of the Hammers. Give us a, a rundown of, of what exactly King of the Hammers is. Well, I've never been there. So this is a bucket list deal for me. This is a a big deal. I forget how when when was the first King of the Hammers? Twelve, thirteen guys. No, had it a, was eight. I remember it was it was eight guys. Eight guys. And they were all buddies that four wheeled together. And one of them said, "How long would it take to run the hammers?" Right. And when they say hammers, it's the name of the trail. It's called Jackhammer, Sledgehammer, Sledgehammer Outer Limits, Ball Peen uh, Hammer. Yep. And these are all just hardcore trails. valleys with just boulders in them. So okay. they did it. They put it together. They did it. They ran it and had their first King of the Hammer. Are you looking up some statistics? King of the here? Hammers was founded by Jeff Knoll and David Cole on, yep. in 2007. Yep. Yeah. See, I was so, thinking it was older than that. So, 07, they had the first unofficial King of the Hammer race. Um, and ever since I read about it in Crawl Magazine, I don't know if you guys... Back when magazines Magazine? were cool, What's right? That? I know, yeah. right? In the computer, you don't, you don't, yeah, right. <laughs> it, when you Google crawl magazine, um, so back before Google, that's how old I am. Bob's I'm the older. In the room. I am older than Fro, who sounds true. like Newburn. It's true, right? <laughs> that you sound like Newburn. No, it's true that you're older than right. Froze is happy. He's not the oldest one in the room. I'm the one who gets to get out of my yard warning. So right. So uh, basically, King of the Hammers is a desert slash rock crawling race in Johnson Valley, California. Unfortunately, it's in California for us out here. Um, But it's just boulders and valleys, and and there's literally nothing there. Absolutely nothing there. Desert, horrible. I've luckily the guys. I'm so fortunate. I I am blessed in this. I've been wanting to go since '07. Since I've heard about it, I've been wanting to go. Uh, a buddy of mine, we went and did um, a King of the Hammers race in Davis, Oklahoma. Uh, side by side, I was co-driver. It was kind of just a test run to see if we could gel. Um, we laughed the entire time. I made jokes. I'm like, dude, this is just a... Man, we're just trail riding. It's easy, man. Keep going. Calm down. Slow down. Because UTV, as far as I'm concerned, UTVs are... Break too easy. I don't like them. But they're fun. And they're fast. They're amazing. Um, uh, we gelled. Everything worked great. He's like, cool. We're going to King of the Hammers. I'm like, Fuck yeah. <laughs> so, we're going to King of the Hammers next week. Um, I, I'm luckily, I just get to be co-driver. Um, and then I'm a pit crew, pit crew on a 4400 team. And, uh, man, and life the is good. the biggest out of all of this is that somebody laughed at Bob's jokes enough to take him to King of the Hammers. Right, right. There's that one guy. You just <laughs> All you got to do is find that one guy. Live. that one guy. <laughs> There's that one guy. There's and you just jump on his back and enjoy the ride. So, so when, you, when you talk about the, the 4400s? Uh, unlimited um, off-road 
class, basically anything goes. Whatever you want to put in it. So what it whatever you show up, and it's obviously safe, like roll cage wise, safety. So. Uh, you wouldn't want to run a, to- a trophy truck. They no, actually have I mean, a. Kind of, they actually have a trophy truck class. Okay. Um, but forty four hundred class is a little bit different, but it is um, unlimited. So crazy horsepower, crazy. Uh, truck. yeah, yeah. Uh, whatever Fast. you can think of, eight hundred horse, one hundred and twenty miles um, an hour across the desert. <laughs> they are going one hundred twenty. The guy I'm gonna pit for, um, uh, flying Q. Oh, man, I'm sorry, flying Q Motorsports. Um, is yeah, one hundred twenty through the desert, and then rock crawl. So it's it's amazing. I would love. To be inside that car. Yeah. For, for the Unfortunately, list- I'm not. But for the yeah. listeners, if you want to see something, uh, go on YouTube and look up Backdoor Shootout. Yes, and my crawler will be there this year. Yeah. It'll I'm, be stupid. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Gonna, I am probably going to embarrass the shit out of myself, but I will be probably <laughs> upside down. But, yeah, I'm going. I'm doing it. Turtled up. Turtled up. I'll be turtled up or upside down, one of the two, with my short-ass wheelbase. <laughs> This is kind of what we're talking about when, when we talk about purpose-built rigs. If you can build a vehicle that will run 120 across the desert and then slow down, throw it in low range, right. crawl a trail, then run 120 to the next obstacle. That's, building, un, that's building, unbelievable. Building and, and that's going to be crazy. That's king of the hammers. Yeah. It is, <laughs> that's it in a nutshell. It is the hardest one-day race, period. And it's... I think last year it was what, like 400 miles the entire course. So this year, I do know um, that it's going to be 300 something miles, and there is a trail for the Ultra Four guys, the 4400 class, only for them on the third lap, and it is called King's Graveyard, and you're only going down it. You're not even going up it. Yeah, a lot of the times they 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 give you the option. You can run it backwards or forwards. You well, just have to run the trail. This this, this one is you're going down it, and uh, it from this from Dave Cole, his from his mouth it is he had to spot Bailey Campbell, and if you guys know who the Campbells are in off road world, they are legends. And if you got a spot for Bailey Campbell going down a trail, it's nasty. Yeah. It is horrible. So he spotted Bailey Campbell down it, and uh, they said it was horrible, which led to, since Bailey Campbell knows which trail we're running, everybody else gets to know. So luckily, in the UTV class, we're not going to be going down it. Um, we're just running, you know, a 32-inch tall tire. Lawn dart, that thing. Yeah. It's going to be <laughs> like Send a Mazda into a ditch. So... <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna be horrible, and uh, I've heard it's thirty degrees at night, wind oh. during the day. So I've heard it's absolutely have, miserable, even, and I'm so excited. Bob, you haven't even touched on Hammertown. Hammertown, I don't know, man. This is gonna be my first year. So basically, they they take the the this dry lake bed, yeah, and they turn it into a small city, and they yeah. call it Hammertown. And this is where all of your pits are, all of your vendors. They bring in vendors from all over the world. Hundreds of vendors are going to be there setting up 
campers and, and or not campers, but uh, tents and booths and selling products and supporting the people that are out here doing these King of the Hammer stuff. And literally, it's a probably a three or four square mile town. I have no idea, but I know it's like 100,000 people. It's awesome. in the center of, was it Johnson Valley? Johnson Valley. Yeah, it's in the center of Johnson Valley, and it's a small town. And that's what they do. There's they work nothing out there. Run them. You got to rent. If you want a place, it's you got to rent a portable body. <laughs> uh, you got to pay. You got to pay for your water. You got to yeah. If you don't bring a portable body, it's not there. It's, it's it's quite a ways from any town. First year VP is going to be there with 94 octane. Really? <laughs> yeah. So, so that's going to be freaking awesome. So that you, kind of that kind of goes back to what we kind of started to end the last one with what's the preparation like what are we what are we packing up to go with us what are we so taking on the trail everything what yeah right yeah, obviously it, it's like drag week it's like rocky mountain race week you got to have axles in the trailers you got to make sure that luckily you yeah i mean like luckily like drag week or rocky mountain race week you got to carry everything with you. Mm-hmm. Um, King of the Hammers is kind of the same thing. Like, if you go out there, you once you start the race and you're out on the race course, if you break and there's a 80% chance you're going to break, and they were pretty upset about last year. So this year's, man, they, we're going up 11 of the hardest trails in the country. If we manage to survive that, I mean, that's going to be insane. Because but, with, with King of the Hammers, it, it's, of course, you want to win, but it's about finishing. Man, if you can finish. Yeah, it's, it's for most guys that go, it's about finishing it. Yeah, it's it's like Baja. Yeah. Um, only a little bit shorter. Yeah. Um, we're going to be in the car for eight hours. We're going to be on the course for eight hours. So once we break, we're done. We're sitting on the side of the course. Until somebody comes and gets you. Yeah, until the race is over, and yeah. then somebody can come and get us. Yeah. So it's bring water, bring food, bring everything you can possibly imagine that could break on your car. Um, or at least the, the components that allow you to get back to a pit so right. you can fix it and then try and go do it again. Right. So and make another that, lap. So what does that consist of? Let's let's get into that because um, you, you want to get into talking, the technical side. Of you got well. So here's the deal. You guys are talking about it like you know what you're talking about. Obviously you do, and and Fro knows. We don't, and so, maybe some of our listeners don't know what we're talking about. So I'm in the UTV class. Um, so I'm I'm riding with Mike Snook. Mike Snook is prepping our car, um, and it's a nut and bolt check. As soon as we get to Hammertown, we're going to qualify. We're going to nut and bolt check the car. And then it's, we got to carry spare belts on a, of course, on a UTV belt brake, tires, um, axles, whatever you can bring on the car. Basically, we're going to be packed. Tools, tools, parts, and food. Because we're going to be gone, a, and unfortunately, a catheter. Because we ain't stopping. That's the deal. You're eight hours in a race car, strapped in. And so Davis was my first um, wake up on a uh, being in a race. 
And when you're strapped in, I've been strapped in my rock collar for fun. Yeah. Not in a race. In a race with a helmet on air with radio comms. You're sitting there with a with a net. You can't see. You can't move. You can't do nothing. You can't move your shoulders if you're strapped in right. Right. And we're in this race about two hours into Davis, Oklahoma, and I gotta piss. Oh God, do I gotta piss? And my kidneys, every bump, we're just and he's we're hauling ass. We're making good time. We started thirty sixth. We're in like twelfth place. We're hauling ass. We're making good time. And I'm like, man, you got to slow down. We're going to break this thing. Slow down. Calm down. My kidney, every bump we're hitting, my kidneys are just... And we're down... Hey, hey Bob. Do you have to pee? Oh, my God. So we're down in this river bottom. And there's this waterfall come up. Yeah. <laughs> right about then, we hit a waterfall. I'm like, man, you hear that water trickling down that waterfall? He's like, shut up. I'm like, I know, I got to piss too. He's like, well, we ain't stopping. I'm like, keep going, big dog. So we just keep going, and we're running. But So King of the Hammers is going to be... So is a long story to this that you guys pissed yourselves? or No, we made it, actually, <laughs> to the end. Thank God. Kind of tapered off there and left yeah. us hanging. Yeah, right. No, we, we actually made it to the end, but I didn't want to suffer alone. Basically, it was the moral of that story. <laughs> So, King of the Hammers is going to be ten times worse. I mean, it's at least eight hours. I would rather do a Depends than a catheter. I'm just saying. Well, it's it's not like a it's catheter a, you're thinking it's of. It's not an internal it's catheter. A, it's an external it's, catheter. It's like a, it's like a condom I, catheter. I, I wanted a little bit of clarification on that as well. I'm like, let's understand. I know what a catheter is <laughs> being an EMT. Let's and my wife. that Bob's not that much of a man. Right. I'm like... <laughs> In my younger days, I've had to have the cotton swab. As much as and I'm not sticking a catheter, a catheter up there. As much as he's giving me cra- crap, he's watched Grease too. <laughs> I will not confirm nor deny those allegations. So I, I, think, I think this is honestly one of those things that, again, people don't think about. Like, it's amazing to think that you built a rig that will run 120 across the desert. Mine mine will not. Right. I'm going to clarify that. This won't run 120 across the street. My, mine won't run fucking 45 mile an hour down the, <laughs> down the street without taking out a mailbox. But So, so I, I think that's what a lot of people don't think about, is, is when you're on a, a, a race course that long. Right. Like, I think every one of us at one point has went, man... How do those NASCAR guys go to the bathroom? I don't think that people understand what 120 is either. There's a lot of people in this world that I don't in the, think in the desert. It's oh, a on breeze, a dirt even, road covered even, in rocks. Even and sticks. without even without all that, I don't know how many people have been 120 miles an hour on a private road on a public road. I used to run 140 to the airport every you're, day, you're but right. they were kind of mad at me. But and I've gone 100, and, I've gone over 130. In the Challenger, we won't put numbers on it because I don't want to get yelled at when I get home. I love you, dear. Um, oh, it's her car. It's mine, but <laughs> I. She well, see, is. see, mine's not. It's her car. Yeah. I'm sorry, he's hers. Yeah, whatever he said. It's mine, but I've gone over 130 in it. 
when you're going 130, even on a paved road, you know you're going 130. Oh yeah. 120 on a desert. I can't even. I I I can't even imagine. I cannot begin. I've gone. The fastest I've been on a dirt road is probably 60. We're we are hoping, hoping that we're gonna hit 90 in a desert. That's insane. I in a side by side. In a side by side. I we'll see. This I mean, Snook. This thing's already been to King of the Hammers. He's already finished. Well, qualif. You know, he's been in King of the Hammers. He's done stuff. There's a there's a train. So. Pro had the train in Miami. We've got the train also in Gravit. So maybe you hear it, maybe you don't. But um, yeah, 120 in the desert is that's insane. Crazy. I hope that during this two weeks while I'm out there, I get to sit in the passenger seat of a desert car at 120 in the desert. That's that's my goal. That'd be wild. That's like some severe bucket list stuff. Right. That's, that's like. I'm so excited about this yeah. trip for two weeks in the desert. So I let's, can't stand let's it. Let's give a little more perspective to this. If you've gone 100 in a car, and we're going we're gonna to stick with 100. If you've gone 100 in a car. Yeah. Easy. That you, was high school. What are you talking about? Those, are, those are rookie numbers. All you need is a wave in the road. All you need is a bump yeah. before you get to a bridge. And... and the car starts to float. The car starts to, to kind of get loose. Are you driving a Cadillac? <laughs> no, me, uh, lowered mini truck at 100 <laughs> across a bridge. You will be on two wheels, I promise you. <laughs> and it is the scariest feeling in the world. Hang on, have you had a mini truck? No, but I borrowed one. <laughs> <laughs> borrowed one. I borrowed one. one. It was yes, a man And it was horrible. <laughs> A what? It was at band camp, wasn't it? Band camp. One time at band camp? He was in the trumpet section. <laughs> <laughs> well, lowriders, I mean, back in my day, I mean, not your day, but back in my day, we just cut the suspension. So the oh, rust what, was done. You just take the torch and heat that coal up, watch and it, it goes. Yeah, it falls he, right he down. Oh, I don't yeah, know why these people spend all this money on. How, how was it walking uphill both ways, Grandpa? <laughs> in the it was snow. cold. Back in my day, it's cold. Man, we have socks now. That's nice. This is a- <laughs> Modern technology is amazing. Amazing socks. Bell Tech, what's that? So, 100 miles an hour. Oh, sorry. So, so you're going 100 miles an hour in your car. <laughs> and you hit the slightest imperfection in the road, and and you feel the car float. You feel the, the car move around a little bit. Some cars are built to do this, and now, some aren't. Now imagine that you're going 20 miles an hour faster, and there is no road, and it's only bumps, and it's and, only bumps, it's, and it's four only, foot whoops, and, and yeah. rocks, and twigs, and, and tree branches, ditches, and, and powder. Some some of the sand and the the silt the the silt is is like literally talcum powder, and you hit a patch of that and it'll swallow you up. And competitors. Yeah, oh, I can't wait. Oh my god, I can't wait. I can't wait to come back with the stories of oh, King of the. We'll Amherst. have to have an episode afterwards. Oh huh? yeah, yeah, that'll be a great episode. We are coming to the, we are coming to the end of it, um, guys. I want to thank y'all for coming on. Uh, it's been it's been a fun couple hours. <laughs> Um, I thought Bob followed me because I was a cool dude. Come find out, he liked my car better. So, 
It's because your car is cooler than you. Yeah. My car is way cooler than me. I'm not going to lie. I can accept that. That's okay because Bob's crawler is cooler than him. Uh, by far. And it's just a regular crawler. It's pretty lame, too. <laughs> so, again, thank you guys. Um, reach out to us at Big Boss Garage on Yahoo.com, Instagram, Facebook, Pod Page, Twitter. 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 I forget about Whatever. Twitter. I'm sorry. Is there anything you want to plug, Dave? Uh, Black Anvil Design. There That's my metal fab shop. Uh, we're actually in Montanay. There you go. Uh, local this area. Born and raised. Great chicken. Uh, the chicken's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we, but we the knives are better. <laughs> well, the chicken is good, but the knives are better. <laughs> I love you, Bob. <laughs> You're my hero. <laughs> Bob, is there anything you want to plug? Uh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. All right, on that note, with the train horn ringing. Hey, gentlemen. Nobody got a fat lip. Good night. Good night, guys. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>